hummingbird never sings Cause I'm the one that's rambling in Knew that you'd be in the lake Just in time to resuscitate Something's off for the mist it seems Running away from all our childhood you're the one who still wants it all Lance the man that cannot seem to recall Since 17 This is Alex with a Y. If I didn't pick up, I don't want to talk to you. Or I'm busy. Yeah, that's nicer. Damn, why can I say anything nice? Anyways, this is Alex with a Y. I'm busy. Call later. I think I made a new friend today. How do you know when someone becomes a person you're not afraid of instead of an acquaintance? It happened with a sandwich. A tuna and cucumber sandwich. It was the last one at the cafeteria, and we both wanted it. We fought, throwing excuses left and right. How it was the only affordable meal at the cafeteria, or the only one we could eat with so many allergies, or how tuna and cucumber was honestly one hell of a weird choice for a sandwich, so he couldn't possibly believe the other was interested in it. The truth, at least for me, is that I had forgotten to make my lunch that day. You used to tease me for always eating the same thing. I let you not knowing how to explain. I find comfort in routine. Some textures or flavors don't fit correctly on my mouth and make me want to gag. Therefore, when I discover which foods are safe, I cling to them with all my might. That being said, eating the same thing each day isn't healthy, so I did that thing the restaurants do with the special of the day. Wednesday was tuna and cucumber day. Therefore, I was not letting go of this sandwich. The cafeteria lady got mad. It was lunch hour and we were holding up the line full of hungry teenagers. She decided to leave it up to luck and toss the coin. However, neither of us were satisfied with the results. The last resort was a battle of rock, paper, scissors, but we were both cheating and not trying to hide it. So the cafeteria lady sighed, pulled out the sandwich from the tray, white ceramic plate included. Picking out a ridiculously long knife from the kitchen, I thought she was going to murder us right there. She sliced the sandwich in half, and with a case that would have made Medusa turn into stone, she said, share. We didn't pay for it, it was on the house. I asked my sandwich competitor why she had been so insistent on getting the tuna and cucumber. She said that a couple of years back, school had been especially hard for her. One day, they were hiding in the darkest corner of the cafeteria, waiting for time to wash past them without causing too much harm. The same Medusa cafeteria lady came up to them and asked them what they would like to eat. They had said a tuna and cucumber sandwich, but not to bother since she didn't have any money. It didn't matter. Twenty minutes later, the Medusa cafeteria lady had gifted them the same sandwich she had given us that day and said, I found that school was always easier for me with a happy stomach. After that day, whenever school was particularly bad, my new friend would go to the cafeteria and ask for a tuna and cucumber sandwich and everything would be better. I said that I was sorry that she had gone through a rough time and that if I had been there, I would have shared my own tuna and cucumber sandwich with her. She said I was there that I had seen her get bullied and did nothing. I don't remember.
Do you remember Soledad? Sol with the big curly hair and a nose piercing. At that time, she was the only one with the piercing at school. They used to be in the same class as us. I asked, what happened? She told me that after the kids in our class had hidden her cane far too many times to break the camel's back, she finally gathered enough courage to ask her parents to do something. Now she was in a different class with different people that didn't bother her, but didn't look at her either. I don't remember being there when Sol was suffering. I recognized her face and name, but for me that year is full enough with memories. Of us stitching classes and trying not to fail the semester, of purple prose passages about lands far away from ours, of my mom taking me to the water park on a Friday and my dad the next one to fly kites as some kind of half-made apologies for their divorce. I don't even remember the names of our teachers, nor did I make a particular effort to learn the ones of my classmates. Do you remember, though? You always seemed to know more about what was happening in our group than I ever did. I guess it takes me a bit more effort to look at the people beyond my immediate vicinity. I told Sol that I would make that effort for her, however. We were both two only ghosts drifting away from this world, but if we acknowledged each other, we could materialize. Like the math thing, two negatives make one positive. Sol laughed at that. I told her that, apart from using she and her pronouns for me when her parents asked her if she had made any new friends that day, she could also use they and them. I know you normally have to wait to see if people are safe, but she just felt safe. Kind of how you felt at the beginning. I was comfortable. At school. I am never comfortable at school. My hunch was correct. Sol had never heard of someone using both they and she, but she liked the idea of giving people options, and told me I could do the same for them. I asked her about her piercing she didn't have anymore. The school administration had asked her to take it away, and so it had closed, but she was planning on reopening it in the summer, and had the septum one made too. I asked which type of piercing would look nice on me. She told me lip ones would look great on me. What do you think? Can you imagine me with a piercing? I can imagine you with one. At night, I wonder how much we're going to change with this distance between us. How much we're changing right now. Will you recognize me? Will I? When the bell rang and both Sol and I had to go our separate ways, I thought it had ended. But then Sol asked for my WhatsApp, and we ended up chatting the rest of the day. They like reading books too. Not fantasy ones, though. Romance books. Particularly by Jane Austen. Their favorite is Emma, though Persuasion is close by. I've only read Pride and Prejudice. I should read more of her books, so that me and Sol have more to talk about. Isn't it weird how friendships are made? Shared interests most of the time, others shared experiences. I once read that for a romance to work, the core beliefs of the people have to be the same. I wonder if it's the same with friendships. I wish there was a handbook. Where to go to meet new friends. What to say so that people don't close off to you. How to know when they become your friend. How to know when they stop being your friend. I feel less like a ghost now. I still miss you a lot, but... I'm moving on. Slowly, but moving. I'm no longer your friend, but I'm starting to think that's okay. You, you're scared to be alone. You're scared. 
No Longer Friends was told by the following people Abe Lear as Jaretsi, Nicholas Zotz as Alex, and Derecho Contreras as the development crew. With additional help in story development by Fiction 2 Cabin from TYWI Summer Program. The music from the beginning, since 17, and for the ending, Making It Right by both Derek Clegg. Both by Derek Clegg. Sudden Glimpses from Your Safe, Blue Skies by Alzina CCO, and 40 Something by Ketza were used as bed music. This work is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. For more information, check out the, link, the website link in the show notes, please. See you next time. Remember, a friend is someone to read romance novels with. <laughs>